Welcome to Her Take, a podcast by three best friends sharing their take on just about anything. I'm Kira. I'm Jackie. And I'm Jen. Thanks for joining us. Let's get into it. Welcome back to Her Take, episode 40. Can you believe? I can't believe uh, how long it's been. I can't believe Barstool hasn't offered us a contract yet, but uh, that'll make more sense later. (laughs) Anyway, we're into week, I don't know, of quarantine, and now we're way deeper into this than I think any of us expected to be, and we know as we've become more adjusted and comfortable in it, There's still challenges to overcome, and some days are better than others. Some weeks are better. So uh, we hope wherever you're at right now, just remember it's all only temporary and whatever pain or struggle there is right now as we move forward in the coming months and readjust. There will always be a silver lining, so keep pushing through. Keep as positive as you can, even though it's hard and it's a communal battle we'll get through together. Uh, There's a lot of things on the internet you can spend your time watching and listening to, so thank you for joining us for 40 episodes. Here's to at least 40 more. Um, Yeah, as always, feel free to connect with us and share with us how you're doing on Instagram at HerTakePodcast and Twitter at HerTakePod. Let's start with our check-ins and see how everyone is doing. Maybe we're doing absolutely nothing and there's nothing to report, but still good to share anyway, so... Jen, would you like to fill us in and tell us how your week has been? Of course. Well, thank you for the spectacular intro, as always, Kira. (laughs) Yeah, um, pretty normal week for me. You know, the past two or three weeks, I've been feeling like work was really overwhelming with this project I've been working on. Um, But it's finally coming together, starting to wrap up and get to more exciting parts. So um, definitely a better week at work for me, for sure. Um, one thing that was kind of scary was they started laying people off or had like a massive layoff this past week for people in the U.S. Um, and my manager, I feel like just went about it in not the best way. Like he individually met with everybody on my team, which made it feel like we were getting laid off. Um, whereas nobody on my team got laid off. So, I mean, that's obviously a positive But I'm like, you could have just had a team meeting and been more reassuring. Um, So, yeah, a little scary, but, you know, I feel good about my job security. I mean, I'm pretty young. I know they like me. And I'm also not making as much money as people that have been there a long time. So, you know, they're definitely, in terms of the layoffs, I think looking to downsize and target people who may have been there a long time and are making a lot of money but are not really contributing that much, which is, of course, really sad and scary for anybody. But, um, you know, for me personally, I feel very lucky to still have my job and know that it's probably not going anywhere. So um, just feeling a little blessed this week, but, you know, was definitely a little stressful. Um, But in addition, we had a socially distanced dinner this week with uh, Jackie was there and our other friends, Chris and Becca, 
and we had sushi in our friend's backyard and, you know, kept a safe distance and everything. So it was really nice. Haven't seen anybody in a long time. Um, so, you know, we're starting to slowly get back to this normal way of life. I mean, nothing will ever be normal again, but, you know, um, slowly starting to reopen in our respective communities. It's a little scary. New York is still not fully reopened, but this week we will start taking steps to get there. And I feel like a lot of people are, um, really rushing to go to restaurants and hang out with other people. So that makes me nervous, but at the same time, it's exciting to see us finally move past the worst of this pandemic. So I hope, you know, I, I'm hopeful that there's another, another outbreak, but of course that is something that's going to be in the back of our minds for the rest of the year. So yeah, that's really it for me. Um, the weather has been getting nicer here in New York um, this past Memorial Day weekend. You know, of course, it's nice. I have a day off for the federal holiday and mm-hmm. just looking to plant with my parents, spend some time outside. Um, I have a new book that I'm looking to start. And um, I'm also, I started watching Little Fires Everywhere. I finished the book early last week, so I'm watching it on Hulu now. And it's really good so far, so would recommend. But yeah, that's it for me. Nice. Very nice. Sounds like all good things. Yeah. Um, jealous of your dinner, but whatever, guys. Um, anyway, <laughs> Jackie, how about you? How's your week been? It's been going good. I'm very tired. Um, I've been running a lot lately. I'm very tired. Um, happy Memorial Day. Uh, I'm real. I'm really, t- I'm like, very- <laughs> I don't know why I've been so tired this week. Like, I've been going to bed at 9 p.m. Just, like, so tired in the evening. But it's fine. Um, well, you're, you know, recovering yeah. from your cold. Or mm-hmm. not yeah. cold, but whatever you had. So, yeah. whatever this is, right? And uh, I officially heard back from Fordham. They approved my deferment request. Nice. So, I am going to be starting school. Not this fall, but the following fall. So... I'm, like, relieved that, like, I, I didn't expect them to reject me, mm-hmm. but it's just sort of, it's crazy because, I mean, everybody's feeling the same way. Like, we all had these big plans for 2020 right. that just got thrown out the window. Right. So I'm feeling, I like, mixed emotion. It's, like, bittersweet. Like, it's good that I can stay at my job and, like, continue to make money and things are very uncertain for a lot of people and I'm lucky to like have that job security but I also was really looking forward to starting school but Mm -hmm. it's all right um nothing nothing we can do so yeah I mean like same old same old um I had a bagel today that's exciting that is exciting Um, yeah (laughs) I haven't had a bagel Uh, in so long I would love a bagel yeah that sounds so good yeah well where I go for my runs you guys know like where I enter the trail Mm -hmm. like um there's that bagel place right. in Crestwood. So right. I just went in on my way back because I wear my mask mostly when I run. I like will pull it down sometimes because I can't breathe, right. mm-hmm. but I always have my mask on me. Um, right. Yeah. So I was able to go inside. So yeah, yeah that's pretty much it. Um, you know, not much to report. It's a solid just check in. We're out here. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Well, bittersweet news about uh, the Fordham deferment, but. You know, we had this conversation on the podcast and even this past week, Jackie, you know, we're still very young. 
to be getting an yeah. MBA. So, mm-hmm. um, but I understand, you know, you have these big plans. I think a lot of people can relate and um, Corona really just threw that off the rails for everybody. But, you know, we're all in this together. Everybody is experiencing something similar as well, um, whether it's canceled trips or deferring our education plans or even weddings you know people are postponing their weddings and stuff too so you know everybody's in the same boat and uh i think we all are just kind of taking this year as like this year was canceled it's an excuse for doing things a year later but you know in the grand scheme of things it's really not a big deal to get your mba a year later but i know you are excited and i know um you were looking forward to that so um, definitely sympathetic to your situation, but you know, everything happens for a reason. Maybe, right. yeah, I was gonna say, you that. know, maybe a better job opportunity will come if you mm-hmm. go to grad school a year later. Maybe you'll meet someone. Yeah. Who, knows? Who knows? Maybe I'll <laughs> find a man. Um, I mean, that's the only reason you go to grad <laughs> Who knows? school, you know? Yeah, so. right. Um, I mean, you know, I was supposed to be in Mexico City right now. So mm. maybe I'll make some tacos tonight. Mm. I might make those potato tacos again that you Yum. can find the recipe for on the Her Take Instagram yes. at Her Take Podcast yes. um, via our Her Appetite Insta story. So I might make that tonight. You know, I'm feeling a little I nostalgic. Or yeah, so I kind of want do it. Tacos it's just it, that's it's just gonna I have do to do. That's it's gonna have to make up for it somehow. Yeah, yeah. I was supposed yeah. to be well, in Barcelona this week tonight. I'm like, oh yeah, should I be having paella? <laughs> Yeah. My so, brother was I supposed mean, to leave for Barcelona this weekend to do his study abroad. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that What? Sad? I didn't know oh. he was going. We could have met up. BFFs. Oh, man. Not happening. Well. Oh, wait. I feel like Adios. you mentioned this to me, Kira, a while ago. Yeah, because he was deciding I said I wanted Rome to go in Barcelona. And then I was like, oh, he should go to Rome so that we can go to Italy this summer and hang out. Yeah. And yeah. But- I just wanted to go to Italy anyway. <laughs> And jokes on you. Jokes. <laughs> next year. Oh, oh, next oh. year. Yeah. <laughs> um. Coronavirus oh, coming in. Gosh. Like. Yeah. You want to get on gotcha. a plane? Not this year, boo. It's uh, it's kind thought. of interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of interesting because I follow Kiara Ferangi on Instagram, and so she lives in Milan, and she's been quarantining in Milan. And I think, Me I mean, I guess she has like. Yeah, well, she put on her Instagram story a couple of weeks ago that it was, like, day 50 since leaving her house, like, at all. I assume she has, like, people that can go do her grocery shopping and stuff for oh, her. for sure. So she's able to, like, just not leave for two months. But they've now, like, Italy is sort of lightening the lockdown restrictions, and she's been going outside, but she went to have, uh, like, lunch at an outdoor cafe with her mom, mm. and they put a plastic like a hard plastic sheet in the middle of the table so there's like an umbrella in the table and they put it's just like wild like i saw some wild pictures from like hong kong this week of like people at gyms that are now the treadmills are covered in or not covered but have like plastic walls in between and similar thing at restaurants you now have the plastic in the middle of a table sort of like a cone of silence but it's just a cone of plastic yeah Mm -hmm. it's gonna be so interesting the ways people come up with to allow businesses and things like that to start to reopen I think it's like so it's just fast like it's just it's so interesting to me because we like you'd never think that you'd have to deal with that Mm -hmm. 
Right. So seeing people experience that in other places and knowing eventually at some point, like, we'll do that as well, it's, it's kind of interesting. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, sorry, that was a tangent. Um, oh, fascinating stuff. Yeah. All good. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, always. Bezos. I'll give you my, yeah. Um, anyway, my check-in. I'll keep it short and sweet because TBH, um, maybe the most emotional week I've had in quarantine. I just kind of, I touched on it last week, so that's why I'll keep it short and sweet. I don't want to be a Debbie Downer. I want to keep things positive, but, um, for whatever reason, it was just harder for me, um, having some company for a little while and now my roommate is quarantining somewhere else. So just like not feeling the best and it it made me super unmotivated at work. I think I was just too distracted to be able to focus. Um, But whatever, we're starting a new week. So every day we're getting a little closer to readjusting to the new normal and coming out of this, hopefully. Um, Also interesting... uh, So yesterday, well, when you're listening to this, it wasn't yesterday, but on Friday, May 22nd at 10.39 a.m. Pacific, we had a new moon in Gemini. And I always think it's interesting to read up on like what the new moon means um, or like what might be going on for the planet. Um, And, you know, Gemini is the sign of twins. So I kind of thought when Jackie was talking about it, it kind of relates to your week as well. Um, when you have the sign of twins, you could either be feeling like you're being pulled in two directions, or you might be feeling a sense of confusion or loss, which is what I was kind of relating to. Um, and at this time when the external world is going through such loss, you need to acknowledge our inner grief so we can move forward with a new beginning for the new moon. And then on top of this, you also have Venus and Saturn are in retrograde, and Saturn is demanding that we're uh, setting long-term goals and getting real about what is happening to us right now while Venus might have you feeling a little foggy and confused. So just thought I'd share because I found that relatable to my week and it just kind of helps me be like, okay, like there's so much going on in the world that makes me emotional, but I also need to acknowledge why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling. And it's just... I think it's just interesting, even if you don't take it seriously. So that's my week. Hopefully next week I can be a little more productive at work um, and maybe just start figuring out a plan for what I want to, how I want to spend my summer, because I'm not sure I can do the whole summer alone if we're uh, staying in quarantine for a while longer. I don't really expect to go back to work anytime soon. So Mm -hmm. stuff to think about in a way that... I yeah I mean I now we're getting into it a little bit but I did cry on FaceTime to my parents yesterday which I think kind of freaked them out a little bit because I wasn't expecting to do it and you know my dad's like I'll drive out to California (laughs) which would not be the safest way to go about it but it is you know in the beginning I thought about going home but I was like "Ah, it's not safe I don't I care a lot about making sure I don't get anybody else sick not even just myself but now it's like well if we're gonna be doing this the rest of the year I can't do this for a whole year, so. Right. We'll see. I think As now a, is, in a way I we're getting to the safe. point. Right. Yeah. I think we're getting to the point where it is becoming much safer 
to travel. So if you're definitely mm-hmm. not going back to work, even for the summer, um, I know I'm in the same boat, right. like there's no shot. I'm going back to work this summer. Um, you know, maybe it's best that you come home for a little while. You know, I, I know when I was going through hard times in college, like sometimes just a weekend home really Mm -hmm. fixed everything. So, you know, I think you've definitely been going through some hard times quarantining by yourself and it could be nice to be home even if it's for a month or two. Right. Definitely. Yeah, Yeah, definitely something to consider. Yeah. It's like if I were just in Boston, it would be so easy should just get home. So that's where it's like, Mabby, I did it to myself. Um, yeah, I just miss like my family and like being with my friends. Like I even just wish I was in Boston. I miss all my, I miss college friends. Yeah. But anyway, we're all going through it. Everybody is dealing with something right now. Um, speaking of dealing with stuff. Uh, Jackie had actually proposed this idea getting into our topic of the week um, to discuss misinformation. And, you know, initially I was like, "Mm, it seems like something I'm unqualified to discuss. But I think in this time of coronavirus and our home friend group group chat, it's primarily about who from our hometown is posting absolute BS about the virus on their Facebook page. It's something I think everyone is dealing with. Facebook is just a cesspool. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. I think it's something that we're all kind of dealing with on a different level than what we're used to. You know, like politics, we deal with people spreading BS on Facebook all the time. And it's like, okay, you're entitled to your own opinions and you can let yourself get brainwashed. That's fine, no matter how crazy I think it may be. Uh, But when it comes to health, I think that that kind of adds a different layer because none of us here, none of us are doctors. We don't actually know anything about the virus and public health. So... I think it gets a little crazier when people are sharing opinions on health as if they're facts on the internet um, and arguing Mm -hmm. about them on Facebook, like people. Um, But anyway, I'll maybe save my little rant for later. Um, And why don't we start Jen, who has an actual degree in psychology and can (laughs) shed some light on why we spread misinformation and maybe some of the dangers of that. So Jen, why don't you take it away? Great. Well, thank you, Kira, again, for setting the context and for a great intro, as always. Um, Yes, I do have a bachelor's degree in psychology. However, am I an expert on the subject? Of course not. But just want to preface this by saying that back in, I guess, 2017, which was three years ago now, which is kind of crazy to think about, but um, I did a research project at school under a professor that I did research for while I was in school um, as part of a program that we had at my college. And the project was centered around fake news. And from a psychology standpoint, why do we spread fake news? How do we correct for it mentally? And I guess what types of settings are we in that allow us to intake and internalize fake news more readily. So I'll just provide a little bit of a background on why some of this happens. Um, So just want to start off by saying that people in general, and I think this is pretty common knowledge, but you know, shouldn't take that for granted. But we have what we call unconscious biases. And it's things that we don't always think about. And they definitely guide our beliefs and our behaviors. 
And for the most part, we've developed these biases over time and in evolution to help us make sense of the world a lot better and quickly for survival. But, you know, as we've evolved as a society, sometimes these biases can make it hard for us to really dissect information in an objective way and in a way that the information is benefiting us as a culture and society, whatever. So, you know, there's tons of biases out there, too, I just want to talk about briefly because I think um, just talking about them kind of frames why fake news gets spread and believed so easily. So first is um, the affinity bias, and this concept basically is that we tend to surround ourselves with people who share like beliefs and have similar behaviors to us. So, you know, it seems pretty obvious, but when you think about it in the context of fake news, I think, you know, it sheds some light as to why we are more inclined to believe fake news that may, you know, align to what we think. Um, in addition, there's also confirmation bias. So this is the idea that we tend to seek out information or interpret information that confirms uh, thoughts, opinions, beliefs that we already have. So again, just thinking about this in the context of fake news, it kind of makes a little bit more sense why some people are more susceptible to misinformation. So essentially, my research that summer was, and this is, again, a combination of psychology literature that I read, but also part of the experiments that we ran, um, you know, and again, some of this is pretty common knowledge, but I'll just give a brief background information. But the way that social media works, hopefully most people know this, but it operates in algorithms. And, you know, generally it's beneficial, but it also can be dangerous. So as we tend to interact with more people who share our own beliefs and confirm and reaffirm our own opinions, um, what ends up happening is social media algorithms will bring those posts to the forefront and show more of those posts. So for example, if someone posts something about how gun violence is bad and you're pro-gun control, you're more likely to interact with that post, which then feeds into the social media platform's algorithm, and then you will see more posts like that in the future. Um, so, you know, this can be a little dangerous because social media then becomes a breeding ground for creating what are called echo chambers. So you're basically only seeing people who share your beliefs and viewpoints, and you're seeing less of people who you, you don't agree with. I mean, of course, we've all been like on Facebook and Instagram, and we definitely follow and are friends with people who don't always align with us and align with our ideologies but you know the way the algorithms work you're gonna see more of what you agree with and you know back to the biases that i mentioned earlier we like those things like personally as humans like those things but then we're also more likely to like them in a social media setting and more likely to interact with those posts so in addition when we are using social media we're also not typically in a mindset where we're dedicating the most brain resources to processing that information in an objective way or in a logical way. So um, we tend to be operating in what psychologists call system one. So, you know, if you take in intro to psych, you might have heard of this, but essentially system one is a way of thinking that is more quicker 
um, that is less deliberate, it's more instinctual. And so when we're processing information through system one, we are not processing it in a way where we are thinking deeply about the information that we're presented with. We're less likely to critique the information that we're presented with, which makes sense. Like when I go on Instagram or when I go on Facebook, I'm not really on there to get a lesson about anything or and I'm not on there to really learn or think deeply about the information that I'm being presented. I'm just on there for my own amusement and a lot of times I'm distracted by other things. So, you know, this all makes more sense. So the way that social media is also structured, it's designed in a way to promote and activate more quote unquote system one thinking because it leads to more engagement with the platform. So that's why you're not going to see as much engagement on longer posts and even the way that like Facebook and Instagram and Twitter is all designed like you're not it's not really designed to create these long essays and long posts. I mean, Facebook, yes, we've all come across people that write paragraphs and paragraphs, but you know, you typically see less engagement on those posts. So um, Twitter, you have like character limits. You're supposed to be on social media digesting information that is more bite-sized information. So um, in addition, you know, I know I'm spitting a lot of information out here, but System 1 also deploys the use of um, mental shortcuts, which are called heuristics. I won't go too deep into them, but essentially they're ways that we organize information really quickly. And typically, again, they help us make sense of the world quickly, but, you know, they can be dangerous. And like those biases, they can lead to an inaccurate way of processing the information. So, you know, that's just a brief background on kind of the psychology behind everything and what may contribute to fake news being spread. But like the reason I'm bringing this up is because what I found in the research that I did that summer is like fake news is primarily being spread on social media. So it's platforms like Facebook. And I think we can all attest to this even in our own lives that, you know, primarily fake news and misinformation is being put out there and spread on social media where people aren't thinking too deeply about it, where it's more likely that they're going to fall um, fall in these traps and utilize their biases and heuristics and things like that that make it so that they're not processing the information as deeply as they would if they were reading a news article online or even in person. So um, I think that's pretty much all I have to say from a psychology standpoint, but just to reiterate, Social media makes it more susceptible for us to not think so deeply about the information, but it also creates these echo chambers where we're more likely to see and engage with people who share um, like-minded beliefs, and then that, you know, in turn reaffirms our beliefs and makes them stronger. So, um, yeah, that's my little mini psychology lesson. You know, take as much or as little as you can with that, Um, but I do think it helps us think about why this happens on social media and why misinformation and fake news is being spread so rapidly on these platforms. And I know Facebook in particular and some other social media sites are taking measures to um, flag information that um, is misleading or is fake news. You know, Facebook, YouTube, whatever will take down videos and posts that is spreading misinformation. 
Um, but what is difficult is once you see that information and once you process it and learn it, it's very mm-hmm. hard to correct for it. And it's very hard to unlearn it, especially when that information is reaffirming a belief that you already have. But anyway, this is a long-winded psych lesson, definitely condensed based on what I learned that summer and all of my studies. But uh, yeah, I'll open it up to Kira and Jackie if you guys have any comments or we want to have and in, go into a longer discussion about um, you know what we've been seeing in our personal lives, people mm-hmm. posting fake news, especially about coronavirus and stuff. So yeah. Well, first, thank you, because I think that that was beautifully done. I'm very obsessed. Learned a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, where do we go from here? Woo. Um, it's interesting because I think I've said this to you guys before, too, where I'm like, am I being brainwashed? Like, I feel like I constantly need to do research and back check myself because I feel like I'm someone who I'll jump on board if it sounds like something I agree with. I'm like, oh, yeah, I agree. Um, but that's more like a, a politics thing. I think when it comes to more health-based, I'm definitely more of a research person. Like, I want to know more of what's going on. And none mm-hmm. of us here are people who will post on... First of all, we just don't even post on Facebook. We're too young for yeah, that. if you're posting on <laughs> Facebook, that might be the beginning of the problem. Exactly, right. <laughs> like, it says enough about you in the sure. first place. There's... There's a subset of people, people that regularly post on Facebook and then people that repost stupid stuff like the pandemic documentary, like they, there's a lot of overlap in mm. that group. Yeah. From our generation, especially. I think yeah. some of the older generations that are not like using Twitter, Instagram, that's like a different subset of what they're posting yeah. on Facebook versus like our generation, like... Yeah, that's a problem yeah. in itself. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's interesting. Just I don't mean to cut you off no, here. Please. I just think that it's interesting. Just talking about like us being more concerned about research and right. there's a difference between the people that believe coronavirus is just a flu and this was created in a lab in Wuhan. And the people that think that this is also a ploy by the government to do whatever, they live in a world of absolutes where we live in a world where we trust science and we know that we can't be certain about everything. And what I mean is that they are certain that coronavirus is a manufactured and I'm like generalizing this but like I'm just using this example like they live in a world where they absolutely are certain that coronavirus was an invented disease and when we talk about coronavirus prevention methods for example we we listen to the medical community we listen to the CDC we take the advice of people like Dr. Anthony Fauci who are scientists who are in the world of medicine they, being in the science scientific community, they they can't live in the world of absolutes. They can't say for certain if you if you wear masks and if you do this, then you will one hundred percent be infected. And I can't tell you with a hundred percent certainty that doing X, Y, and Z will prevent B. Mm-hmm. I think that's something that people can't seem to wrap their heads around. That 
we, and I think something that we understand because science, you can't make these, these bold claims and say, this is 100% certain. And we know this for a fact. That's just not true. And I think that's where people like to, they like to say, hi, you can't say with 100% certainty that this won't cause this. And that's because we understand that this is an evolving disease. We don't know a lot about it. And I understand that the medical community saying that we can't be certain about some things is the responsible thing to do, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And people that perpetuate these conspiracies, they live in a world of absolutes where they're... And this is, like, the same thing for, like, the anti-vax community, like... I there's a I love Dr. Mike right but he did a, vi- a similar video um, about anti-vaxxers in a documentary and like there's certain things that he's like I can't be 100% certain that a vaccine won't cause certain side effects but people that are anti-vax are 100% certain that vaccines cause autism but he as a responsible medical professional can't say with full certainty because that's just irresponsible that's just not true there is always a level of we don't know everything and there's more research to be done. And until we have more conclusive things, can we say with more certainty that some things I'm talking generally like that some things won't happen. So I think that's sort of where the this community of conspiracy theorists and all this stuff, they like to trip people up. But we understand that. There, there is a level of caution that has to be taken. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's also yeah, like a willingness like to be wrong. Yeah. And mm-hmm. admit that you're wrong. But then I think there's yeah. also something about the mentality of somebody who posts something and is so sure they're right. Yeah. Almost knowing you're going to get, like, uh, what, resistance. Like, you're going to start yeah. a fight. Mm-hmm. That kind of mentality. Yeah. I feel like that's partially why I wouldn't post certain things on the internet because I don't want to fight people in the comments mm-hmm. of a Facebook post. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. No, completely agreed. I think we're all in the same boat. Like, we're not really big posters of mm-hmm. political information or anything that can be controversial, which, you know, somehow this virus has become controversial where it really should just so be stupid. a bipartisan issue. Right. But, you right. know, that aside... Um, yeah, I, I think, Jackie, I love what you brought up in terms of people acknowledging that there's a gray area and sometimes people that do spread and believe misinformation, everything is black and white. It's I'm right mm-hmm. and you're wrong. And, you know, I also, I have to acknowledge that, like, the three of us are three women that grew up in, like, a relatively affluent area and, mm-hmm. you know, I think we all have similar beliefs like we're all pretty liberal and you know so we can only speak from our point of view and our perspective but like sometimes I see things online and you know I am talking primarily about people who are more conservative and you know there's there's people that are conservative that I respect the way they go about things. I respect that, hey, you know, for some people, the economy is way more important than other things. I don't respect when they put the economy above the health of the population. That's, to me, makes no sense. But, like, you know, some of the arguments, I'm like, I see where you're coming from. I don't agree with it. 
But when it comes to science, especially and like the anti-vaxxer movement and, you know, even this, like it makes it's hard for me to see the other side when I'm like, you have Dr. Anthony Fauci up here telling you if you don't social distance, you're going to contribute to spreading the virus. And people mm-hmm. are like, well, that's infringing on my freedom. I'm like, what? I, I don't that know. That stuff is crazy. I'm, I'm going on a tangent here. But like, no, no, no. <laughs> to me, I'm like, how is this not something that you can just ground in and look at the facts? Like, how do you not look at um, the cases that the CDC is reporting and not believe it because you just don't want to believe it? And, you know, I think, unfortunately, and, the, you know, this is a longer discussion, but unfortunately, our president is not the best role model for for admitting that he's wrong or admitting that something doesn't perfectly align to his opinions and his beliefs. You know, he mm-hmm. does anything to make excuses and seek out information that affirms his beliefs. And if something doesn't agree with that, even if it's true statistics that cannot be argued with, he somehow spins it to make it seem like the media is just out to get him and they're spreading fake news. Affinity bias. Long-winded tangent, but... The king of affinity bias right there. Right, yeah. And it's difficult because, you know, Kira, you brought up a good point earlier, and I think the three of us have kind of thought this, where I'm like, are they literally brainwashed into thinking that, you know, the government can't be trusted? And, you know, the government does messed up things. I, I think that can't be argued with. But I don't distrust the government or distrust the media the way that some people do and I'm like are these people really just so brainwashed into thinking this way but then you take a second and you're like am I brainwashed exactly and so it's like a weird a weird feeling where you don't know who's right and who's wrong and part of it is the beauty of society and the beauty of America that you can have different opinions and debate them and nothing is black and white but for some people they view everything as black and white. They view right. all vaccines are bad and cause autism, where as we can acknowledge that, you know, science has proven that generally speaking, vaccines don't cause autism. I'm pretty sure that theory has been disproven. But, right. you know, you yeah. can't argue they, with they the fact that... They don't cause autism. But they but could have negative like, side effects. People are, yeah, like, allergic like, to vaccines. You could get, like, a cold or I don't know, whatever, right? right? It's like... yeah. Can't be right like, for I'm, everybody, you know? Yeah, I accept that, like, there are people that can't get vaccines. But generally speaking, they're safe. And that's right. what science has told me. And I also think... Therefore, I sorry. believe it. Yeah. Go ahead. No, sorry. I was just gonna... Um, I also think that kind of goes back to what Jackie's saying about, like, the willingness to be wrong. I think it's also, like, people... Like, where we're coming from versus uh, the other side of this is I feel like we're more willing to acknowledge our perspective and our biases than other people and, like, see, like, pull yourself away from that for a moment and think about how this opinion or this perspective on how to handle this situation might affect other people um, or what it might mean for somebody in a different position, whereas those who are claiming it's a conspiracy theory might not be thinking about I yeah maybe I shouldn't generalize generalize about a population and say that they're not thinking about other people but from my perspective it feels like they're not considering other people's situations Mm -hmm. yeah totally agreed 
Totally agree. Um, to kind of, obviously we're not solving misinformation on her take right now, but just how, like, how you handle this, I think for me, um, I rarely go on Facebook anyway, but I've definitely unfollowed, unfriended, maybe that adds to my affinity bias because I only want to be around people who are spreading <laughs> information I agree with. But we, just I if, have a bias against headaches is what I Exactly. Have. It's That's like really I don't want to deal with bullshit on my Instagram feed. So I'll definitely unfollow, mute, whatever I need to do so that I don't need I don't see it. Um, I don't know if there's any other tips people have, but just like, or, you know, screenshot it and share it with your friends and rant about it with your friends in your group chats because it's better than fighting with that person because I'm not going to change your mind on Facebook, you know. (laughs) It's definitely some juicy drama to watch when somebody does come after them. I mean, I have screenshotted. There's like one particular girl I think we're all thinking about from our high school who keeps posting things and people keep coming after her and she's like... I'm entitled to my own opinion. I'm like, you definitely are, but you're literally spreading misinformation about the virus, which, you know, can contribute to someone's, like, getting sick or the public Mm -hmm. health safety. So, you know, that's kind of where I'm like, this is really not okay. Um, For me, you know, back to Kira, what you were saying about, like, unfollowing and unfriending people, I think after this experiment that I did, uh, I am so aware of, like, the echo chambers that social media creates. So Mm -hmm. I actually try to like, even if it pisses me off and makes me angry to see these things sometimes, um, I've actually made a conscious effort not to unfollow these people and not Mm -hmm. to unfriend them because I want to see the other side, even if I don't agree with it. And, you know, this is like maybe taking it to the extreme, but people always post um, Tommy Laren videos and I watch them because, you know, oh. I think, you know. The, I haven't heard that name in a while. Yeah, yeah right? she. Um, Thanks, Jen. War I don't, Again, don't agree with her. I do think the way that she and to generalize a lot of other conservatives think um, can sometimes be very egocentric. And, mm. you know, you're not considering people who are in different situations and mm. not empathetic but that aside I I watch her because I'm like because I'm like watching her gives me perspective into the way that conservative people think and I'm like you know sometimes I watch her and I'm like I can see how somebody can agree with this do I agree with this no but I can see at least where she's coming from I think that's valid I think that's a good point I admire you for that. I get so heated, I can't do it. But I think it's important if you're gonna, especially if you're gonna be somebody who's gonna argue points, you got to know where they're coming from and have some compassion. Right. And um, you know, I also last year when I was in grad school, I don't know if my roommate listens to the podcast. My roommate from last year, she definitely follows us, but um, she was conservative, and it was tough because sometimes I just wanted to like vent about Donald Trump and how much Mm. I hate him and like things like that but I had to respect where she was coming from and you know sometimes she would she knew I was liberal too but like you know sometimes it comes out like the way that you think and like the more conservative ways that you think or the more liberal ways you think and I'm like yes like I see where you're coming from but like I don't agree with you and I think it's okay to not agree with somebody anyway we're getting into more of like a political polarization thing it's not 
listen, it's not that like this isn't like a liberals versus conservatives thing. And, you know, there are definitely liberals out there that I'm sure are spreading misinformation. I just think from our perspective, we're seeing it more on the conservative side. And I think some of it does have to do with the fact that we are fairly liberal but you know right. i don't know Liberals I, can I went be on a ramble too. there and some things a tangent I've seen some things <laughs> yeah but, but hello bernie bros i was thinking it. Was, oh yeah the know, bernie bros saying would, it but come on y'all are crazy me. sometimes let's sorry. call him out who cares i don't care <laughs> yeah we don't agree with them, no, the three of not, us they're not gonna listen to this yeah, come yeah. On. just know <laughs> we think you're crazy <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I I see things about, like, Joe Biden, too, from conservatives. I'm like, yeah, you know, valid points. He's probably not our best chance of oh, beating Oh, we'll Trump, call it but... out, too. No problem. Uh, yeah. yeah, fun. I would agree. <laughs> We're not but, happy like, about I would it agree either. that he's definitely not our best chance. Yeah. And um... I think it's like that acknowledgement that even people in your own camp, you may not agree with. And you can be wrong as well and acknowledging that there are things that like joe biden says that are wrong you know i mean from a misinformation standpoint yes i feel like the liberals are a little bit more dependent on science which i appreciate and that they stick to the facts and that informs their opinions that's just the way that i view things but you know i don't know i don't know where i was going with this i think at the end of the day yes recognize that there's a separate perspective out there and be cognizant of the fact that a lot of times social media can amplify like-minded mm-hmm. beliefs and posts and engagements and stuff. Um, and just, you know, stay woke out there if there's misinformation, but also recognize the fact that the world is not black and white and people even on your side of the aisle can be wrong as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so just, you know, stay woke. I think that's like my conclusion. Stay woke. Stay woke. I, I was going on a tangent, not really sure where I was going <laughs> with my rambles, but stay woke out there. <laughs> yeah, I, I think also I just want to add, I think be cognizant of where information is coming from because mm. in terms of just like conspiracy mm. theorists, there is a real business out there for people profitizing off of this shit, like Alex Jones, who like, I don't even know, like, they, like, kicked him off of, like, YouTube and Facebook, thank God. I don't know. I don't know, like, where he festers these days, but he has, you know, millions of dollars that he's amassed through this campaign of misinformation and spreading false information about just about everything. And so people like him, you know, are taking advantage of the fact that people have a distrust of media and are seeking other sources and will believe him because even though like watching him, it's like he, he has just this absolute chaotic energy. I've only seen like clips of him, like from his, from John Oliver did like a, uh, like a thing about like a, an episode about him like two years ago or something, but he just has this chaotic energy um, I don't know where I was going with that, but just watching him, it's not, it's just so unbelievable to think that he's like a real person. Yeah. Um, but you know, people like him have, you know, made a lot of money from spreading misinformation and I think, you know, he knows it. He knows that the stuff that he spews is mostly false. I truly believe because he's smart about he, it. He makes, you can say yeah, anything like he, believe yeah. 
And so there is a business out there for misinformation. So I think if people are, I mean, I don't think any of the Her Take listeners are watching or conspiracy theorists and like believe that. Except when it comes to aliens. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's another topic. (laughs) I mean, did they kill Diana? I totally feel they did. Ooh. There's some conspiracy theories. Or you just mean like the royal family. (laughs) I was talking about the royal family. I mean like harmless conspiracy theories. Like I I enjoy listening to... I, I would Diana's say, like, harmless. I enjoy listening <laughs> I know to saying. other Diana parents. would disagree. <laughs> right. Harry no, I guess I mean, I, okay, I'm, I apologize. I take that back. I mean, like, conspiracy <laughs> theories that don't affect, like, the greater public health right. and yes. the state of this nation and such. We're not um, talking about <laughs> Illuminati shit. Yeah, like, I, I kind of just, you know, like, I like watching Shane Dawson's old conspiracy theory videos oh, yeah. about the Chuck E. Cheese pizza. Like, that's what I'm, that's yeah, what I'm after, that's you know? That's oh, really, yeah. like, investigative journalism, if anything. Um, <laughs> it's a fine so line, anyway. man. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, people are making money off of misinformation because there's a lot of money to make, and there's a lot of people out there seeking it, not seeking misinformation, but just seeking other information, and then they end up misinformed. Um, yes. So, yeah. In conclusion, so in conclusion, stay woke. Stay woke. There we stay go. Woke, yeah. Stay woke. Loves yeah. it. interesting um yeah i hope you guys enjoyed i enjoyed the psychology lesson um if you're dealing with some crazy ish on your hometown facebook feed let us know we'd love to hear it i think it's very uh it's kind of joking in a scary way you know uh yeah that we can transition on over to you know what i've really been waiting for (laughs) <laughs> hot takes segment yeah this week i'm very excited it must just be because it's quarantine and not a lot is going down um, yeah we need things to talk we about. need things to talk about but bring such joy um we want to talk about call her daddy and i'm gonna let jen start because i feel like she is the most informed um jen's a member of the daddy gang i think oh, <laughs> nice nice free the fathers uh, really yeah. <laughs> I know nothing. I'm very new to this, but this oh, week wow. I took a deep dive down, they, and I'm gonna let Jen set up. the background. Father Jen, Father Jen, Father Jen. Yeah, Call me so some. Um, maybe you've heard of this, maybe you haven't. It has been the talk of the town, I would say. But um, yeah, lots of caller daddy drama this past week came to light, which um, has been pretty juicy. I'm not gonna lie. So. 
I will try to provide as brief of a synopsis as possible, but, you know, I would highly recommend, like, just listen to the podcast episode that Dave Portnoy did and um, watch Daddy the speaks. video <laughs> that Alex Cooper put out on YouTube. El Presidente. Um, yeah, yeah oh definitely. God. The fact that a middle-aged man is called El Presidente. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he has a lot of money, so I won't make fun of him because, True. like, shit, yeah, I wish I had so $100 million. But yeah, um, um. <laughs> it's it's crazy, and I highly recommend you check it out. Like, even if you're not a member of the Daddy Gang, it's juicy. Like, Jackie and Kira have been pretty invested all week, so... yeah. Yeah, I will try my best to provide a brief synopsis, but essentially, you know, call her daddy, two girls, they're about our age, and they have a podcast on Barstool Sports, and, you know, the podcast is, you know, all about sex, pretty much, and how to manipulate men. I definitely can't call these women (laughs) upstanding citizens of our society, not because of, like, you know, they're, you know, I... They like to sleep around, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's not really my issue with it. Um, it's more just so that they just are out there consciously manipulating men to get what they want. They I kind mean, of part promote of it is bad like, behavior. Yeah, part of it is, like, I kind of have to respect it because I'm like, good for <laughs> you. But it's yeah. also like, you know, these are not, like, the most morally upstanding citizens of New York City you know, it's funny to listen to. I think that's really what it comes down to. It's yeah, just they're like funny. They're entertaining. And, um, you know, over the past year, they've really blown up, especially since joining Barstool. So um, their initial contract was a three-year contract. And, you know, despite the fact that Barstool has so many podcasts out there, um, Caller Daddy was by far the most popular. And so about a year after their contract was up... Alex and Sophia, the co-hosts of the show, um, were looking to renegotiate as, uh, you know, the contract was not really meeting the level of popularity that the show has skyrocketed to. Um, So, you know, it's interesting because I don't think they went about it in the right way. Essentially, um, Sophia has been dating some guy who is an HBO, affectionately been named Suit Man. And told the two of them that they are being underpaid and they're not meeting industry standards, whatever that means. So, you know, Alex and Sophia are woke at this point, realize that they're being underpaid. But, you know, to be fair, I think Barstool recognized this and were willing to negotiate with them to get them to the point where they were more fairly paid. Um, But, you know, they just went about it in such a shady way. That I don't think Barstool, especially Dave, really appreciated. Um, so yeah, they were kind of shady about it. Also, before all this happened, forgot to mention this small detail, but I guess the two of them were initially making the same amount of money. But Alex, who is kind of really, in my opinion, the star of the show, um, spent more time editing the podcast and... You know, this is their full-time job, so she had mentioned she was spending anywhere between, like, 8 and 20 hours a week editing the podcast, so she definitely put in a little bit more effort than the other co-host, and, um, you know, after a while, she, whether she asked for the raise or whether it was given to her is a little unclear, but she, at one point, was making more money than the other co-host, which, in my opinion, was deservedly so, 
But um, yeah, it seemed like she asked for the raise. Yeah, it seems like Sophia didn't know this, and you know this contributes to the drama later down the line. So anyway, they go about negotiating in a shady way. They're like, we have lawyers. Um, they start like kind of leaving a trail on their podcast, and then eventually just stop producing the podcast. Like every week, they do every Wednesday. They just stopped putting it out there and on their social medias. We're all sus. Like. Everything will come to light soon. We can't legally talk about this right now. Whatever. So, you know, in this time, um, Alex and Sophia and Suitman are all shopping around trying to figure out where they can take Call Her Daddy next. Now, the problem is Barstool owns the IP to Call Her Daddy, which means that if they were to go to another place and do the same podcast, they can't use the name Call Her Daddy and they would have to essentially rebrand the entire podcast and all these terms that they've come up with and that's on their merch and stuff. So, you know, they would really have to start over and that's not ideal. So I guess when they had first gone to Dave and the Barstool team, they kind of started off with like an exceptionally ridiculous contract proposal. And, you know, if you've negotiated before, and I can't say that I really have too much, um, it's not abnormal to like start high. And then the idea is that your manager kind of meets you in the middle somewhere. That's like, you know, generally the point. Um, But they had apparently just started at like such an exorbitant amount that Barstool was like, you got to be kidding me. Like, yes, obviously you guys are driving a lot of revenue for the company, but like this is kind of ridiculous, like all that you're asking for. Okay, so some time has passed. They're shopping around and eventually Dave calls Alex and Sophia to his rooftop deck because he's rich (laughs) And gives them a pretty Mm -hmm. good deal, which is essentially, I think the gist of it is like both of them would be making half a million dollars and they get, I think they get the rights to the IP after a year of being at Barstool. Mm -hmm. So it like shortens their contract and like they get the IP after a year, which is a pretty good deal. So Alex, the one co-host, recognizes how good this deal is and is like sold. And the other co-host is like, no, I want more. I want more. Like, pretty much is unhappy with the deal. So from there on, the two of them have tension. And Sophia and Suitman, her boyfriend, kind of keep coming back with more and more and more and more. And to the point where they're almost at the point of where they started with this initial contract. So, you know, Barstool's kind of like got their hands tied. They're like, we can't really offer you that much else. Alex and Sophia have a lot of tension between them. And um, essentially, I guess it got to the point where Alex was like, I'm willing to do this on my own and take like, I guess, somewhat of the original offer, not the original, but like the offer that Dave gave them on the rooftop and um, is now going to do the podcast by herself. And Sophia is not in the mix anymore. So, um, yeah, it's kind of sad. Um, I think, you know, there was a New York Times article about it, which is insane to even think about yeah. to begin with, that I there's a New York that. Times that's article. I, that's where I read about it first. I was like, oh, this yeah. is legit. This is real news. Yeah, which is crazy to think about. But, you know, in the article, it talks about how when you sign on somebody as like an influencer, what can happen and like the risk that you take is that sometimes the influencers become bigger than the organizations that support Mm. them and like Alex and Sophia definitely like outgrew Barstool Sports like they could very easily have like left Barstool 
and did their own podcast and like made a lot of money. But you know, the problem is they signed a contract. And when you do that, you do have to respect it. And I think, you know, in Barstool's defense, they were willing to renegotiate on fair terms, or I think the terms are pretty fair. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, in addition, it came to light that the two of them were making close to half a million dollars each, which is insane to me. I just can't even fathom making that much money. And the fact that they do that, doing what they do is uh, astounding. But, you know, Barstool also mentioned that they were losing about $100,000 for every episode that was not airing. So, you know, they haven't put out an episode in like two months. And so they're losing all this money. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's also, you know, the fans are annoyed because in their podcast, they talk about all the time how broke they were, how broke they were. And like, clearly they're not broke. Um, And, you know, something else that came up was like Dave called the two of them greedy and unprofessional. So, you know, obviously we don't know all sides of the story. Sophia spoke really briefly. Alex has now spoken out about it. Um, I think what's tough is like, yes, they're entitled to renegotiate their contract and ask for more money and the rights to their IP. Like, I think those were valid asks and valid for them to do. Um, I just think the way that they went about it wasn't right. And like, particularly Sophia didn't go about it in the right way. Um, Mm -hmm. So I, I don't think those adjectives being used at them is necessarily wrong to be honest um but I think what's like really sad to me is um you know a man suit man cancel suit man hashtag cancel suit man um (laughs) has not only cost at least one of the hosts her career Mm. but has also really like come between a friendship because the two of them like live together they're like the, the same part. person it's so sad. i don't yeah. even know yeah, them so it's really sad yeah so you know that's sad and i think it's ironic as well because their whole podcast is about like manipulating men into doing what you want yeah. and like she sophia i'm talking about sophia like got screwed because a man manipulated her and like cost her her career and her friendship and i think the sad part about this is like i I doubt that, like, he is worth it. I don't imagine, like, any oh, man being 100% worth it. percent not. And it's like, they're she's going to look back on this he, and be like, I never, yeah. screwed myself over uh, for a guy. I mean, what's remarkable to me is, like, how... Because, like, even though I think that he manipulated her, this girl's, like, 28 years old. Like, she's not a child. So she also, mm-hmm. like, let herself get tossed around. What's remarkable to me is, like, how... Like, she just completely threw her career down the drain. It was like, very if you look at the re- Yeah, if you look at social media, and I don't think that she deserves the bullying and stuff, because there's a lot of that going around, but people are d- mm-hmm. definitively, like, Team Alex in this, because I think that she has a legitimate... Like, she has legitimate points and things like that, and she seems to just... It, like, I watched her video last night, and mm-hmm. she... Even though she was along for the ride, like, through all the crazy negotiations, she was sort of saying, like, I wanted Sophia to stay so badly that I was, like, willing to, like, jump through all of these hoops to try and, like, do all of this contract negotiation, even though that she was, like, willing to accept, like, the that initial offer or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, she just, like, allowed her, like, sh- they just, it, it's, like, really, it's so fascinating to me. That she just so quickly just, like, threw it all away. And she never 
liked any of the offers, so I'm very confused as to what she ultimately wanted. Like, in the yeah. end, I, I think that she just didn't want to be with Barstool. I don't know. Right. Like, I couldn't figure yeah. out, like, what did, what, what do you actually what like what does she actually want what yeah. i don't get I think it's like, literally a year i'm like yeah. you could have just like pushed through the initial contract is three years that's like no time yeah you could right. have just and pushed I, through yeah i don't know and like hearing the barstool deal like i think they were fair in the deal that they gave them like they acknowledge that like the podcast is driving in so much revenue for the company and i think you know, the way that they negotiated, like, I feel like Barstool brought in a pretty good offer. Um, the way that Alex was describing it, it was like, for example, uh, Barstool agrees to give them 15% of alcohol sales. And like, Sophia's like, oh, I want 20. Or I agree to give you the IP after a year. I want it in six months. So it was just like, you know, tip for tat. Mm-hmm. And you know, it is, it's greedy. And I recognize that they um have a lot of power and would cost barstool a lot of money had they left but at the same time like i i don't respect the way that things went about and like her way of being asking for more and more and more and more was unprofessional and essentially got her nowhere like to an extent like yes you should negotiate for more you should be negotiating for what you deserve but like at a point like where's where does it stop and I think Alex kind of recognized that after a while and you know did she screw Sophia over to an extent yeah but at the same time it's like Sophia screwed what else was she yeah like what else are you gonna do and to be honest like the podcast would not be able to go on without Alex. Like, had had the roles been flipped where, like, Sophia was fine with it, but Alex wanted to go, like, Sophia could never do that podcast by herself. Like, Alex is really the true person that I would say is, like, the star of the podcast. So it's like, yeah, like, Call Her Daddy's going to be fine without Sophia, which sucks to say, but, like, she screwed herself over. I don't know. And, like, I think... You know, we're creating a podcast and we're friends, but I don't think, or I hope, like, none of us would ever put something like this above our friendship. So it's sad to see that, like... The good news is, is none of us have men, so there's no (laughs) real... That's right. (laughs) But even if we did... Well, I think it's interesting why this initially, like, attracted me is... Or, like, why I saw the first headline and was like, what's going on here? Uh, I've never listened to this podcast in my life. Um... And you gotta listen so to one episode kn- now. <laughs> I've listened to like two or three. I definitely will go listen now, but like I just don't know. I've heard of it, obviously, but I don't know the girls. I don't know anything about them. Um, but I had, and you know, acknowledging my confirmation bias, I had just seen <laughs> that he, El Presidente, went on their podcast and called them greedy. And I was like, "Excuse me, sir, you can take a seat. I don't think we'd be calling men greedy." And was annoyed. And was on their side. Now that I've seen the whole story, I understand what kind of craziness was going on. I still don't know if I like that he went on their podcast um, and talked about it, but I mean, that's you fine. you know what? I mean, he owns it for now still, so it's fine. Um, that's one way to get the point across. But I think, uh, yeah. No, I just, where I was going with it is, 
and I saw the initial contract, which was BS given where they are now, maybe not at the time, but where they are now. And if you've mm-hmm. ever listened to any How I Built This with a female founder who sold her company, the female founders, I'm not going to say always, but almost always get screwed over when they sell their companies initially. I'm just very, I love How I Built This. Everybody should listen to it. It's so good. But I'm just very conscious of women often get taken advantage of because either we just don't know or we don't ask for as much. Um, And I think that their initial contract was not great, but what they ended up being offered was like they should have taken that right away because that was amazing. Um, But yeah, I am very conscious of if anybody ever offers us a contract, I will make sure we do not get screwed over. But I will not be an insane person. (laughs) Yeah, and it's tough because, like, when they that first initial contract came out, like, they were making, like, $75,000, still, like, you know, decent money, but, you know, right. nothing. It's not worth, like, the amount of money that they bring in for Barstool, but, like, you have to recognize they had maybe, like, five episodes out at that point. Like, they were nothing, so, right. you know, at that point, it was fair it makes for the sense. Time. Yeah. It was fair for the time, and, like, you know, totally valid and fair to renegotiate the contract to accommodate where the podcast has come. Um, and, you know, I think they just didn't go about it in the right way. And it's unfortunate, like how it all turned out. I did want to say one thing about like Dave Portnoy, like, yeah, when he first came on, I was like, why is he on here? Like, he's definitely just trying to like, capitalize on the situation. But also at the same time, I'm like, they were losing so much money as they Mm. weren't producing this podcast. Like, Part of me is like, it's kind of genius that he came on and spilt the tea and kind of genius that now they have cancel suit man merch. Like, I, I like don't know how I feel. Like, part of me is like, yeah, uh, I don't know how I feel about him coming on. Yeah, yeah, you know, I, uh, I kind of get, I, I look, I think the merch is like funny. Here's the thing. Like, I think that like from his perspective, like he said, like in the podcast, not, and I believe that I believe this, like. He's just also trying to sustain the business so that they don't have to lay people off because mm-hmm. obviously, like, the the ways that they generate money is changing with coronavirus. Mm. And if he's like, you know what, like, this podcast isn't making me any money, but I still own everything and I can do whatever the hell I want. And if this merch is going to sell and if that means that, you know, the company is going to be successful and I don't have to lay people off in a couple of months or whatever, like... I do it like I think it's you know you know it's smart business it makes sense like I people are gonna buy it so yeah and they were in breach of their contract like they just stopped putting out podcasts for two months (laughs) like you can't do that so I mean given everything that's been going on Alex is making out pretty well given the mess like somehow this has worked in their favor but like Wow, just the wrong way to go about it. It's yeah. I mean, I hope things insane. work out with Suit Man because Sophia's not making money on her own from any podcast anytime. Mm, it kind of looks like a bobblehead. Yeah, I um, oh, yeah, he's not even attractive. Yikes! <laughs> like, not trying to put people's worth on their looks. However, if you're gonna throw away your whole career, it better be for Brad Pitt or something. Oh, I gotta because, look for this you know man's what? up. He's like, <laughs> oh, he's not cute. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry yeah. to this man, but What's yeah, so Peter Nelson. Yeah, oh, I know Peter all the Nelson. Facts. Okay, Peter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Nelson. Yeah, I look up Peter Nelson HBO because I think there's another Peter Nelson that like yeah. is like a notable figure. I think. Um, oh, okay. He's not as bad as I thought he was going to be. I feel like you guys really some built it up. There's worse pictures. I was just thinking. There I, are worse pictures. Yeah, he's definitely not my flavor, but um, <laughs> he's fine. Yeah. He's not as bad as I thought. Okay. I think. Little, um, I was expecting to be like, ooh. There are worse pictures. His head is extremely large. It is a very <laughs> large head. Yeah. That is accurate. And she is very pretty. Yeah. It's just why. Why do you do that? But um, yeah, I, I think at the end of the day, it's really sad that this has cost Sophia her career. I think what's sadder, woke, I'm like, dude. are they ever going to be friends again? Like, I honestly, I don't think so. Why not? And that's sad. That's the worst part for me. I'm like, friends are more important, but whatever. Yeah. All right. Who wants to talk about Harry Styles? Please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Guys, change it up. How rude was it that he just so released rude. a video like that on a Monday afternoon? Oh, wait. If you don't know what we're talking about, what's wrong with you? But um, our man, <laughs> communal boyfriend, um, sorry, Harry, we'll get your consent for that first. Um, he released his watermelon sugar music video, and I feel like the entire internet was talking about it. And I was like, oh, he's so yeah. famous. Everybody loves him. Uh, but it's a very good music video. I recommend watching. Um, I, I still think Lights Up is a little better, but both are very orgy vibes. So that's kind of the theme of the mm-hmm. album. I'm not mad about it. It also came out that, yeah. like, supposedly for every one of the models that he had touched, he, like, asked for consent, which should be the standard, but it's not. And I was just like, wow, I am more in love with you than I've ever been. So that was just like nice. an added bonus that I didn't need. <laughs> yeah, Harry is king of doing what every man should do but doesn't and gets overpraised for because Harry's like the only one that doesn't, basically. Yeah, agreed. agreed. Asking, is it okay if I touch your hair? <laughs> Good for we you, man. Love him. I have like we nothing else to say on this other than like... Other than 10 out wow. of 10, thanks for making my week. Um, any other hot takes this week I see a few more if you just want to bring them up you guys Um, I just wanted to bring up one other thing um, which was that uh, Lori Laughlin aka Aunt Becky had Mm -hmm. her and her husband pled guilty to the whole college scandal thing and uh, they're going to jail but for only two months so not not great but um I guess what's good that, that line there's... from The Incredibles, Jackie? The Incredibles too, and she's like, "I'm sorry, oh. you're rich, and we'll get off with a slap on the wrist." <laughs> yeah. yeah, literally. That's, that's basically that's it. what's happening. I'm like, all right, cool. All that. For well, nothing. at least she's going to jail, but yeah, yeah. Oh Some well. Anyway, that's all I had to say on that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I uh, just wanted to add another podcast news. Joe Rogan. Is moving his podcast, who like I don't even listen to, but apparently he's like number one on. Oh, Apple he's podcast, like so... the most important podcaster. Yeah, I, but I, yeah, Re- mad respect. Um, he's moving to Spotify exclusively and is getting a hundred million dollars to do this, and I'm I. That's insane. 
It's absolutely insane. And I've read that part of the reason why Spotify is willing to pay all this money is, well, one, he's obviously the number one podcaster in the world. But two, they um, like want to diversify their revenue from Mm. just from not being only from music. Um, So they don't want like the money to just come from record labels. Right. And so it's like kind of... That's, like, insane to me. Well, smart Um, on Spotify's part for getting into podcasts. Um, Yeah. And, I mean, $100 million, it's a lot. I feel like I'm not that surprised just because I feel like Joe Rogan is so big. But it is crazy to see between Call Her Daddy and now Joe Rogan, like, there's so much money in podcasts. I'm just like, obviously, Mm -hmm. like, everybody is We need to get on it. Bring some of it this way. (laughs) 40 episodes, man. Nobody wants to (laughs) help us out here. (laughs) This is not the content you want? Um, Interesting stuff. All right. Well, I have no hot takes to add as I was just into the Call Her Daddy stuff. Um, yeah. So I think it's time to move on to our heroes or sheroes. We just like to highlight somebody, something in the news this week that sparked a little joy for us. Um, so I'll hand it over to Jen if you have any sheroes or heroes. My shero this week is Kira's landlord, Patty, because she <laughs> brought Kira blueberries and it made her week, I think. So Thank shout you. out to Patty for making Kira's shout week. Shout out to Patty. Yeah, she <laughs> keeps bringing me fruit. It's really cute. Uh, so I appreciate. cute. So cute. She'll definitely never listen to this, but <laughs> you she'll never just know. feel the vibes. <laughs> she'll feel the Shiro vibes. Uh, Jackie, do you have any heroes or Shiro's? Um, I do not, actually. All good. So, uh, yeah. Um, it was a quiet week. Understandable. For me, um, I'm going to say Haim, if you know of Haim, the band. Uh, They've been doing dance lessons where you can either join their virtual Zoom dance class or you can watch it on IGTV. Um, And I kind of think it's so fun. Also, their dances, if you don't know Haim and their music videos, uh, in almost every single music video they do, it's like them walking down the street dancing for at least some part of it. And it's very simple dancing. We are not talking like Rosalia up in here. Like this is very just like a little sachet, maybe. Um, but it's super yeah. fun. I think it's a great idea for quarantine. If you want to check out their IGTV and learn how to do the uh, um, now minute dance or whatever. Cute. I also saw, and this is just, like, super quick, uh, Sia adopted two teenage boys last year who were, like, uh, too old or, like, you know how people don't often adopt older teenagers in the foster care system? Mm -hmm. And it just warmed my heart. I just love when people adopt people. That probably sounds weird, but I just think adoption is so beautiful. I thought it was nice. I don't really really care for Sia. Like, I don't pay much attention to her, but I just thought that that was nice. Aw, shout out to Sia. Shout out. boys. And her boys. Um, and with that. Imagine being adopted by Sia, though. Like, you're casual, like, oh, right? wow, my mom is a world famous pop star. Um, right? She's going to pay for your same. college now. Like, that was, you can uh, go anywhere. So yeah, glad. set. I love it. I'm so happy. Um, and last, but certainly not least, we head into our retakes. So, just anything we want to correct or revise from last week's episode. Jen, do you have any retakes? 
I said like a lot last week, more so than I have in previous weeks. TBT. Like yeah. used to be our retake all the time back in the day. I know. As I was editing, it was hard to listen to myself. So apologies. I don't know what came over no me. No worries. <laughs> uh, Jackie, how about you? Yeah, well, Jen, if you thought it was hard to listen to yourself, my audio last week was so shit because my computer fan was on and I just didn't really consider the fact that you would be able to hear it. Um, Happens to the best of us. It was like just this like buzzing for the whole length of the podcast. Give us a contract, guys, so we don't have fans worrying in the background of our episodes. A real mic. Oh, come on, Barstool. Sorry about that. Yeah. Um, For me. (sighs) Sorry about that. You guys, no worries. MBD happens to us all the time. You guys were right. McDonald's fries are not even vegetarian. Yeah. Talk about spreading misinformation. Somebody spread misinformation to me. (laughs) I mean, I, I don't think I've had them at all. I can't remember the last time I went to McDonald's, so I haven't consumed them. But sorry, I told you, I thought that I was under the impression they were vegan, um, but they are not. Um, just in yeah, case. Yeah, Hondo P not vegan. Not even vegetarian. So just in case yeah. that's uh, something that you went out to eat after I told you, like, I'm sorry. But I don't know why they they make them with, like, beef something. It's sad. Yeah. It's like, could be an easy food. fix. But, but alas, I will it's say. McDonald's. The apple pie is vegan, which is kind of crazy. Oh, shit. I've okay. never had it, but I that one, I and I confirmed, I looked it up again. It is definitely vegan. Um, Good to know. Hmm. Yeah. So if you're you at McDonald's, something you new. can get the apple pie. Miss those McFlurries, though. <laughs> anyway, in conclusion, stay woke. Hope you enjoyed this episode. We enjoyed chatting with you. Um, and, you know, we'll see you on the internets. That's from Call Your Girlfriend. Stole it. Oops. All right. Stay home. Stay (laughs) safe. We'll see you soon. Ciao. Thanks for listening.